Republican candidate for Missouri governor. Thanks so much for being with us today. Time starts now. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm not used to actually needing to use a microphone, my wife would tell you. Oh. I have a big enough voice, but thank you. <laughs> I think they can hear us all the way in the back, which is always good. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, just a really basic question here. What would be your top recommendation for the state of Missouri's agriculture industry to continue to, to drive economic growth in this sector? The biggest thing we need to do, Missourians know how to uh, produce livestock. They know how to grow crops. We need to open markets. Um, so we need to open more markets, and we need to do more, not just with our infrastructure and roads and bridges, especially our lettered roads, but we also need to concentrate on our inland waterways. Uh, we have the great opportunity to have a major inland waterway port just south of St. Louis, bring containerized cargo, either importing it to Missouri all the way up from the Gulf Coast, drop it onto a different ship that'll take it up to Kansas City and Missouri, or to take our exports. Everything we can move on water that you have to purchase that's a direct help to your bottom line because it's cheaper and everything you want to sell that we can export on water that just increases what you get in return for it because your cost of logistics and transporting it is smaller. Great example, I have a friend that does logging. He can log uh, trees in southwest Missouri. The cost for him to get it from southwest Missouri to the Gulf because of how we do it here in Missouri is the same as the cost when they log uh, trees in Georgia and take them to China because they can use the waterways. We have got to make the improvements in our inland waterways so that Missouri's agriculture can compete worldwide. You talk about building markets. Is that only through infrastructure, or what other solutions are there to continue to build markets for Missouri agriculture products? There's, there's a lot of ways we can do it, but regardless of whether we keep the markets we have or increase other markets, anytime we can decrease your cost of goods that you're selling, that, in, that endures to your bottom line or the things that are coming in. But also, we need to be aggressive uh, working with our federal partners. I mean, uh, Congressman Jason Smith tells a story. I think it was the president of Taiwan was at a meeting where he was, and he had the opportunity to ask why he was hearing bad things about American pork in Taiwan. Three weeks later, someone from that president's office sends him pictures of posters that the, pre that the uh, government of Taiwan was putting out that I don't speak Chinese, you'll have to take my word for it, but according to their translation said, American pork is safe and should be eaten. We need to be pushing for that sort of thing. We need to press for reciprocity so that other countries are treating us at least as well as we treat them. How do you propose addressing issues with inland waterways when we've had really a big drought? And that seems to be the big pressing issue in regards to moving product, at least to the Gulf of Mexico? We, we've definitely had big droughts. Uh, some people on kind of the south side, like you know, my, our family farms in Greene County, we've had droughts this year and last year. Some of you up north got a little luckier and just had it this year. I'm not saying anything, but I'm jealous. Um, but one of the things, we've, ha we've finished the uh, surveys of the upper and lower Mississippi. We need to start working with other states for how we're going to deal with the Mississippi to make sure that that is navigable, to make sure that we're taking care of where that water can go. Um, a lot of times government is fighting the last battle. So we're saying this is what happened five years ago, this is what happened ten years ago, let's prepare for this. But the environment's changing. People are building bigger levees. People are taking away processes for the, for the water to go into the soil instead of running to the rivers. And you've got a plan for that. 
Um, there's a, a lot of opportunity to deal with locks in the upper Mississippi to put money into that so that we can have the ability to be going downriver and upriver at the same time by doubling those up. We have got to use those inland waterways. And I think as we repurpose those, it also creates more importance in everybody's favorite agency, which would be the Army Corps of Engineers, I'm sure, um, that we have to use that for, uh, for, 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 for logistics, for agricultural, and not just, you know, for snail darters and other fish nobody's ever seen. Another agency farmers and ranchers seem to love is the Environmental Protection Agency. For about and four <laughs> years, they were doing better. So we uh, are, are monitoring, of course, what's happening with uh, federal regulations, a lot happening with the EPA, including waters of the United States. It just seems like there is continuous litigation surrounding WOTUS. What is your stance on the EPA's current definition of the waters of the United States rule? Uh, it's wrong. It's an overreach. It's, it's a federal grab of other people's properties. Uh, it's a taking under the United States Constitution. For, for about four years, I got to take a, uh, my little button that was the EPA with the red slash over it, and, and I put it away under Donald J. Trump. Under Joe Biden, unfortunately, I've had to get it back out. They don't care about the people. This is the government enforcing their will on the people instead of the people enforcing their will on the government. That's why you need strong leaders. That's why you need strong governors. Unfortunately, if you go to the U.S. Senate, we've got great U.S. senators, but they're not getting anything done there. What we've seen over the last four or six years is that the right leadership at the state level can take state issues, make them national issues, and can get change. Look at what happened when we had state leadership that was willing to work with our federal leadership, and we brought some parts of the Department of Agriculture to Kansas City. We can do it. It's not easy, but you need people that are going to do the hard work and not going to take no for an answer. Let's talk a little bit about private property rights. What's your stance on eminent <laughs> domain for the use of agricultural products or even energy products, rather energy projects? Well, I, I, A, I don't think you ought to look at eminent domain versus agricultural products or versus energy I think you ought to go back to the foundation that when you buy that land, that land is yours. I've consistently said that we have problems with uh, eminent domain abuse. I've, I've been concerned about some things that the federal government wanted to do with scenic waterways and scenic riverways earlier. I've been very vocal at the Capitol and other places with problems I had with the eminent domain being used uh, for the power lines going across our state to help other people. Um, I don't think that's right. If you have an economic need and it makes sense for you to want to run power lines, then you have to go to the farmer and ask them if they're willing to sell. It's their property. That's not a road that we have to have. That's their property. They paid for it. If you're not willing to pay the fair market value, which is what the owner wants for it, it shouldn't be yours. What's your stance on foreign ag land ownership, <laughs> um, specifically when we're looking at um, op opportunities to address the issue without affecting agricultural research? Well, um, you know, I, I worked on the, the two main pieces of legislation that were in the, uh, the legislature this year. We had a bill, HB 903, that I worked on with uh, Representative Hafner, who I think is here. Shout out to him. I saw him earlier. Uh, that would have actually made sure that we protected the ability to do agriculture, but also, you know, food security is national security. We've seen problems with countries like China building up land around military installations and otherwise. We need to take a stand against that. Um, so we had a bill that would do that, passed by the House. Unfortunately, the Senate, they did the Senate stuff to it. I'll just leave it at that. 
What do you think of the approach we've seen from other states that have managed to pass, um, you know, updated or brand new legislation in regards to foreign ag land ownership? For example, we've seen Arkansas implement some very powerful legislation. Well, I mean, I, I would point to Florida. If you look at Florida's bill, that was modeled on HB 903 that Representative Hafner and I wrote. It was actually introduced after our bill had been debated, and I don't think quite after we had passed it out of the House. Um, but because they had a governor that was willing to lead on the issue and use political capital, they got it done. In Arkansas with Governor Huckabee, she's been willing to stand up and say, this is what we need to do. Look, we need leadership. We need a state that's going to be elevating opportunity for the people of the state and not just kind of floating along in a stream to see what happens. You mentioned rural infrastructure a little bit in the beginning. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how, if elected governor, you would address the needs of rural roads and bridge improvements? You know, one of the big things that we need to do is, and this will make some people happy, some people unhappy, the gas tax hasn't been enough for our roads for my lifetime. And one of the problems is the courts in Missouri just held, maybe it's three months ago now, I'm sorry, I get, get tired as I visit every county in the state, they just held that when uh, transportation wants to decide where they're going to spend money on roads or how they're going to spend it, they don't have to go through the legislature. That money isn't even appropriated by the legislature. I see Senator Crawford here who's been a big help to me on some things. If she has constituents that say, we need this lettered road dealt with, this bridge needs to be reworked, it's been taken from two lanes down to one lane, she no longer controls the budget for them because they can just tell OA, this is how much money we want to have and it has to be given. That's what the courts have said. We need to go back to a process where A, infrastructure with regard either urban or rural is a priority in this state. Therefore, we should allocate general revenue to it because general revenue should go to the most important things that we have. That's why we have it. And secondly, if we use general revenue, then your state representative and your state senator will be able to vote on that appropriation and on that budget. And if an agency, in this case transportation, isn't using that money appropriately and making sure that it doesn't all go to I-70, but it also goes to some of us in, you know, in the 80 or 90 rural counties in the state of Missouri, the only way to do that is to change how we allocate those funds. What's your stance to ensure that um, there's transparency in animal husbandry practices and I guess, um, you know, agriculture has the right to farm. Well, I think that everything government does should be about transparency because the worst thing you can have in government is a lack of accountability. Government should always be accountable to the people, and you cannot have true accountability without transparency, and when government gets too large, it makes it even more difficult to have transparency. Yeah. To, to do something that's slightly analogous, I've been the Secretary of State, I've been in charge of elections, the Chief Election Authority for the state. I've made it my mission to make how we run our elections as transparent as possible, except for how an individual votes, because I believe that I should be accountable to the people of this state. The only way I can be accountable is if they truly know what's going on, and that's how we can use their wisdom and knowledge to move the state forward in the right direction. Who has the right to decide whether larger scale poultry livestock production facilities are allowed to be built in this state? Look, I generally believe that if it's your property, you get to decide how you use it. I mean, I guess I wouldn't necessarily want a radioactive waste pit right next to me, but generally speaking, you paid for the property, you bought it, it's your property. Otherwise, we don't really believe in private property, and how can you have a free society if you don't really own it? 
Thank you. We are nearing our time end together here today. Well, we do have one final question for you. What would be your parting message to the audience today? What would be the one key takeaway that you want them to walk away with? You know, I guess what I would point out is look at my record. Look at what I've done as Secretary of State, what I said I would do, and what I've accomplished. I'm an engineer. I think one of the problems we have in society is that we have politicians that are good at really fixing the blame. I think we need engineers that will fix the problem. Look at what I've done when it comes to elections. Look at what I've come, what I've done with securities, what I've done with regard to our libraries. Look at what I've done in all different areas. And I hope that you will vote for me August 6th. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Ashcroft.